Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King. I'm your host, and I am always just so excited to be with you on Sunday mornings here on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. We're on Sunday mornings from 7 to 8. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church. This is show number 949 today. And I do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that has served me very, very well over all these years. And I'm excited to have uh, old friend Glenn Burns back with me. I don't know how many times you've been on this show, Brother Glenn, but I appreciate you coming and talking, like I say, dreams and visions with me. Welcome to the show. Amen. Always good to be here. Glenn Burns is, uh, I guess, director would be the right term, the Good Samaritan Network, Mm -hmm. uh, Chelsea's House, and uh, how many ministries do you have under that umbrella now? Oh, I don't even know. We we have a food bank, one of the largest food banks in the area that we operate and partner with the Christian Heritage Church with. We have, of course, the outreach programs, and we partner with various churches with that. And um, and then we have the, the Chelsea House, as you mentioned. That's our women's facility. And we have Good Samaritan Inns, as we call the men's homes. We have three of those right now, and we're looking to expand that also. Wow. Those are, those are primarily houses for men coming out of prison. When I first met Glenn, he was the director of the Haven Arrest Rescue Mission down on uh, – Tennessee Street here in Tallahassee, and uh, we got to know each other back then, back in those days, and mm-hmm. uh, of course the Haven Arrest is no more, right. but uh, it launched you into a whole yes. new realm of your life, and yeah. you've told us that story, yeah. and also um, the uh, Chelsea's house that he's mentioned, um, well, if you've listened to this show anytime at all, you know I've written a book, and the name of the book is called Dreams and Visions and Stories of Faith, and I tell stories mm-hmm about people who have been on the radio show. And one of the stories that I tell in that book is the story of Chelsea's house. Mm-hmm. And they gave me permission to do so. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a fascinating story. But I understand you all have also written a book. Yes, we have. And, I, I, and as I told you before we got started, I, I can never remember the name of books. I can never remember the name of the books, but I got the book with me now. <laughs> uh, I don't have the hard copy, but I have, the, I have it online. I'm going to write it down when you tell me so called, that I can remember. It's called Triumphs of His Grace written by a, a sweet young lady that uh, helped us uh, write this. Her name is R.A. Sheets is what she goes by, S-H-E-A-T-S. And uh, it's, uh, it's called uh, Triumphs of His Grace, uh, and we we wrote it about the stories, some of the stories, just a handful of the stories of the people that we've ministered with in Chelsea specifically. Mm-hmm. We taught, we start the book with best stories, you know, because everybody's got a story. Sure. And we tell best story of triumphs and, and tragedy and all that and how she came through her life. My story, and then our story, how we came to how brought the Lord brought us together after my wife died, and and um, and how God blended our ministries, if you will, to do what we're doing today. Right, and uh, and I mentioned earlier, I said uh, I use a reference today, and I meant you right. and Beth. Right. Uh, Beth has been on the show here. Uh, several times with the right. both of you right. and then what was so funny was that I had had Glenn on the show over WCVC when I was doing the show there uh, live on Saturday morning it's called right. the Gospel on the Radio Saturday show and then we had met and we'd done a show together and then I saw in a, this little pamphlet about Good Samaritan Network Beth Burns I did not connect the two yeah. of you mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I invited her to come in the show and here comes Glenn he comes along with her and I go wow and then they started telling me the story of Chelsea's house yeah. and then I said Glenn 
Do you remember yeah. one time on the show you were calling in and you and you said one of the passions of your heart you wanted a home for yeah. women and we prayed about yeah. that right there on the air yeah. and I said this is what we prayed about yeah. I was yeah. just so excited I feel yeah. like I, I was just part of yeah. it yeah and uh, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to include it in the book that I wrote yeah. because it's a, it's an incredible story yeah. and I'm not going to tell you the story here on the radio but. Uh, either the book that uh, let's see, Triumphs of His Grace. Do you tell the story there in, yes. the, in the book? So yes. you could you could go read their version of the story, and then you can get yeah. my version of the story, right. and you can get them both at Amazon. Yes, <laughs> so, right. That's so, right. Triumphs of Grace. Now you mentioned uh, the young lady. Yeah. Did she? Is, is that what they call ghost writing? No, she wrote it um, about us. Uh-huh. We didn't write it. Okay. Uh, because she was going to write all the stories. I told a few of the stories. Like, obviously, Chelsea's not here right. to tell her story anymore. Okay. And so we told her the stories that weren't there to be told. And uh, and then she interviewed. She actually came huh. into our store and okay. spent several months and interviewed. And we actually, at our at our banquet last year, we did it in February last year, and she uh, we had the books ready, and, and we handed them out to all the people that came and and uh, we, our first printing was like 500, and we're out. Huh. And, uh, so we, I really have found that this has been a great tool to use uh, instead of handing somebody a tract, because a lot of people, uh, I mean, tracts are great, right? But um, these are real life people that live here in Tallahassee. Sure. And so, and we have their pictures in there, and we have wow. their stories. And when we're talking about the old Haven, and we have pictures of the floor. Well, Mike, did I bring Mike out here yet? I got to bring Mike Mahan out here. Uh, could be. He's he's he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's my right hand man in the ministry now, uh, and uh, he's been about my fourth fourth or fifth right hand man because I wear him out. <laughs> and uh, over the years, over the twenty years we've been doing this, yeah. and uh, so Mike actually came through our program. His story's in the book. Huh? He came through our program. He was at the rescue mission long after I had left. And he, I won't tell the story, but he was at the rescue mission. And when the rescue mission closed suddenly, and I went back to kind of to rescue them, if you will, uh, Mike was just a face in the crowd. Huh. And then uh, he just kept hanging around and growing through and still leaving like most do you know, when it comes time. Because it's, it's a transitional ministry. Sure. You're not supposed to stay there. It's right. not a congregation. Right. And uh, and he uh, kind of kept hanging around and hanging around and hanging around. And, and uh, the Lord has used He's been with us six years now, and he's my huh. right-hand man there. But after you left uh, Haven Arrest, mm-hmm. you got involved in, in care ministry. Well, actually, they overlapped. Uh-huh. Uh, I was at the Haven in 99. Uh, we started uh, Chelsea House in uh, – technically, we started in 2007, but we started the process a few years before that. Beth started helping me down there, and we started ministering to women. We just didn't have a home for them until 07. And then in 08, Bob and Mary – uh, Rumbly um, sent me a letter, sent me and other people a letter about their, they were going to have to close, uh, at that time, what was called the Capital Air Regenerated Ex-Offenders Place, Care uh, Tallahassee. <laughs> okay. And uh, I said, well, first thing we got to do is shorten the name. Right, and, uh, right. So we changed it to Care Tallahassee, a Christian home for men. Okay. So in other words, the care is an acronym. Yes. See, I didn't know that. It isn't anymore. Okay. All right. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, we he didn't it. tell me that when he was on the no, show. we changed <laughs> it. Uh, uh, care Tallahassee, a Christian home for men. And part of the reason why is because I told Bob, I said, Bob, you love these guys, but uh, it's a bullseye. Uh-huh. You, a capital area regenerated ex-offenders does not warm your heart. No. <laughs> and I said, and plus it's not even the right thing. We take uh-huh. anybody. Uh-huh. I always tell people, you know, and when I'm speaking in public at big gatherings, especially in front of government people, I like to use this line. I said, we take everybody. We take murderers, sex offenders, politicians, anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure they and like my that. my politicians yeah. buddies love that line. Well, everybody always laughs, but. But now, when I interviewed them mm-hmm. and uh, Bob and then he like, he George, brought some George, George. yeah I think it was George 
he was telling me about how that him and his wife were going to the prisons right. and they were working there and then uh, they became aware that once somebody's released yeah. from there if their family has had enough of yes. them and that's what happens Very a lot of times mm-hmm. they have no place to go because no. how do you get started again I mean you've yeah. been yeah. incarcerated all these years yeah. you have not had any yeah. income and now you you want to go back out into the world? So right. well, I just got out of jail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm a felon, right? And uh, and and uh, Bob and Mary, and this shows you the kind of people they are. Bob and Mary, they help anybody, but they uh, they're focused. They kind of migrated towards um, uh, the the people that had the worst records, uh-huh. and uh, so literally murders, uh, rapists, whatever. Wow. Uh, and yeah. they they just felt called. It's, and I'm sure you already told you the story, but they live in Woodville. Beautiful home in Woodville. And when they started to build what we'll call a prison down there, they were one of the protesters saying, we don't want a prison in our backyard. <laughs> really? Yes. No, no he didn't tell and me then, that story. No, I, I figured he wouldn't. And then uh, he'll, he'll be mad when he hears me. Right, right. No, he, he's, he owns it. Uh, but he, so when God convicted him of that, yeah. when they opened the prison, he volunteered to go teach a Bible uh-huh. study. He's been doing that now for 25 plus years. Wow. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and that was an, an outgrowth yeah. of that. They were teaching the classes. A teaching a Bible study, and some of their favorite guys would, you know, graduate, so to speak, and get out of prison. And then a couple of months later, a year or two later, they'd see them come back again, especially the ones that had the really uh, bad criminal past, uh, had a hard time making it in the world. Sure. Did you, if, you, if anybody ever saw Shawshank Redemption, and there's a, there's a movie that talks about people in prison, this is way back in the day, and, uh, and in the movie, there's two guys that get out that were, were basically lifers, and they get out. And one of them commits suicide because huh. he cannot function. Right, right. And you, you figure. I mean, I yeah. see guys all the time that were have been. Let's just imagine this: guy's been in prison, prison the last fifteen to twenty five years. Think about the technology changes in the last fifteen. Yeah, and then here you're used to everything's orchestrated for you. Yes, and your, your meals. You don't worry about where your meals coming from. You don't have to worry about lodging. Literally, when yeah, you go yeah. when you go to the yeah. bathroom. Yeah, yeah, everything's there, and you get programmed that way. Yeah, I mean, because see, I can identify with that just getting out of the, out of the navy. Yes, you know, yes. I mean, yes. and and talking about economy changing. Yeah. when I went to into the navy in 1971, I was working in Cincinnati in a in a high rise uh, parking garage, two dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty good money in 1971. <laughs> Not so good in 75. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I can identify with that. And I'll tell you another thing people don't realize. Uh, we all understand, we've all heard about, we don't understand it, but we've heard about, unless you've been in war, uh, a soldier coming back from war and having PTSD. Uh-huh. Everybody understands, uh, appreciates that. There's treatment, and there's there should be. All this is what it should be. It's, in fact, it's just now getting where it should be, really. Mm-hmm. Just think about on the human psyche, not not evaluating or comparing what these men did, but the effect on their psyche of a man who's in war seeing atrocities and abnormal life, right. and a man in prison seeing atrocities right, and abnormal right. life, and, yeah. and 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 he's not a hero, right? Yeah, because he's, he's living like, on the edge. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. And, and plus people don't want him. He's not yeah. a hero. He did something bad. Wow. And, and that's yeah. and we're not negating that. Yes. Yeah, but he comes out. We don't and think about this. No, and he comes no. out and he's a dysfunctional human being in many cases. Right. With a criminal past, can't get a job, difficulty finding housing. And, and a lot of people say, you know, well, they got what they deserve. Well, even if you agree with that, I'm about, I'm about two things, helping them redeem their right. life and keeping our community safe. Sure. If a guy comes out and he's, and he's going through all this negative stuff and he's sleeping out there in the bushes behind the Winn-Dixie, our community is not safe. No, no. Because sooner or later he will become hopeless and a hopeless person is a dangerous individual, right, right. first to themselves and to others. Right. So it's just blind-sided to do that. So now when you 
and, and you, you've told me the story about how you got involved in Haven right. Rest, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, I'm sure you probably talk about it in the book there. Mm-hmm. But that sets you on a course of your life, which has led you in the direction that you are now. Yeah. And so as you're talking about it, when you, you get through with uh, Haven Rest, and that's closing up, and then you're, you find Bob over here, and they need it not only just, uh, say, maybe financial support or whatever, they need encouragement. Yes. And because of your experience, yes. That's what you did, yeah. and that's what you were doing. Bob, uh, I had been doing it since 99. Huh? This is now, uh, Bob and Mary uh, started their venture in 2005. Right. So I've been doing it for a few years. By 2008, they were they gave up. I mean, there there was no money support. You can imagine, don't yeah. do, even the churches don't want to give you a lot yeah. of money to help ex-cons. Right, and probably they wore out, I Yes, imagine. and yeah. so, so they were... They had spent all their personal money. I mean, they literally mortgaged their home and everything else. They were getting down to the to the end of it, and they were discouraged. They couldn't get even the guys. The few guys that did come, they were, one of the tactical error they were making is they would get one guy, let's say, or two guys. They come there. Well, as I tell everybody all the time, people to survive prison, they have to adapt to uh, the institution they're in. If they get moved from one institution to another, they have to find out who the bad guy is and who's right. the, who's oh, the who's oh the crooked my. cop. Honestly, right. all these things they have to figure that out to survive. So when they come out, they come out with a prison mentality. Mm-hmm. Right. So they would come, they take advantage of Bob and Mary, and then they beat beat the streets. Uh-huh. So Bob and Mary were all, not only financially discouraged, they were they were did we make a mistake here? Right. Discouraged? Right. So they sent uh, a word out to all the other places. They were actually closing it. They were selling it, selling the property. And so I got a letter, and I knew at that point one of the things they could do because of where they were located is they could actually take any level of sex offender, which is definitely somebody you don't want out off on the streets. And so I said, no, no, you can't close your place because I can't take uh, every sex offender in my place. So I said, let me help you. You know, I know how right. to do this. Right. <laughs> so we went in and showed them how to do it, and they were gracious. Oh, my uh-huh. goodness. A lot of people say yeah, they want your help. As soon as they start getting a little, as soon as they start getting it, they don't want your help. Right, right. Not Bob and Mary. Uh-huh. They absolutely subordinated to my authority and let me do everything we need to do. They were just incredible partners. Until uh, 2000, I think it was 16, uh, they felt like the Lord was was telling them to separate out. And yeah, that's I, what he, that's what he told me on the show. He yeah. said there came a time when yeah. he said we got to stop depending yeah. on Glenn. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I told him yeah. like any like any uh, uh, helicopter parent, you're not ready yet. I gotta I gotta <laughs> I, you can't do this. And and uh, but I said, but you know, if, if, yeah. if that's what you feel like you need. And to that do, was sixteen. He said. 16. So now we're what uh, three 19. years? Almost it four might years. Have been before that. It was yeah. six, fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. But anyway, they've done yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I told you, I said, that little place over there, uh, right off Lake Bradford Road, it's, you know, it wouldn't even know no. it was there. It's just a little corner yeah. there. And it's in a light commercial area, yeah. so it doesn't hurt anybody's neighborhood. And It's just been, yeah. an, I'm going to tell you, now well over a 1,000 men have come through that program. Is that and right? Their, and their success rate, in fact, FSU did a study on them. Uh, huh. Did an actual, you know, uh, count the demographics and the men that was right. there, and their recidivism rate is what it's called, and the, the return, the rate that people return to prison, which in the in the general population of the of the of the kind of crimes that their men have committed, it's in the high forties, forty percent go back. Right. Bob and Mary's uh, recidivism rate, last I heard, was in the single digits. Wow, it was eight yeah. percent last I heard, yeah. but I think it's less than that now. Yeah, and I've had. Um uh, some you know, some women on the show who who have ministries to women. Right. Same thing here in Tallahassee. And I, I can't remember all their names because I've had a lot of people on the show over the years, right. and I right. and I'm finding that I'm I'm not keeping up with it as well as a. Sometimes I see people and they walk up to me and they say, "Oh, you remember me?" And I go, ah. yeah. <laughs> "It's because I'm just getting old." Yeah, I start saying that's. I think that's a, <laughs> so a product of our hair <laughs> right. hair color. But the thing is, is it. There are all kinds of people here in the Tallahassee area who are doing a lot of different yeah. things 
I get the privilege to meet a lot of yeah. them. But a lot of times you find something very common is that that, that that ability to try to be able to finance what they do. Yeah. But you are a person who seems to have uh, come up with some formulas for that. <laughs> so, so, so in other words, when you meet some of these people that, yeah. that you've brought into the Good yeah. Samaritan Network, yeah. these are people that you have to say, hey, let me come along and partner with you. Yeah. And, uh, and so you don't even remember how many of there are. No. You know? But I, I tell you, that's why, our, that's why the third part of our name is Network. Uh-huh, right, uh, right. Beth, God gave Beth the, the name, the title, Good Samaritan. And immediately as soon as she said, I said network. Because right. at that time, I was running the Haven Arrest Rescue Mission. I was helping with Care Tallahassee. And we were going to start a women's facility. And in my mind, because I, I have a, I think outside the box, mm-hmm. to a lot, I don't even know where the box is at. Uh, <laughs> and and so, so in my mind, the VA is a partner. Uh, the police department's a partner. The hospitals are partners, and th- some of them don't know that they're partners uh-huh. with us. Uh, but in my and we literally at one time, Andy, uh, you remember Andy and uh, Abby Messer? Yes, with our ministry. Yeah. Well, Andy, uh, we we actually structured this and created different levels of relationships: uh, associate, uh, wholly owned opera. Care Tallahassee, for example, at one point was a, a separate ministry from us altogether. It became a wholly operated ministry of ours. Okay. And then it spun off, and it has nothing to do formally with it. I mean, we still interact, and we still right. trade people, and we still talk, and all that. So that we're we're associated with them, but we're not affiliated with them. Uh-huh. So we have sometimes we have another ministry. Have you done Angel Wings yet? Have I talked to you about Angel Wings? Yes. Yes. So uh, Wendy Strickland. Yes. 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 So yes. domestic violence and right. human trafficking. Yeah. Well, Wendy is uh, 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 affiliated with us. She's actually in our building. Uh, she's incubated in our building. In fact, I think you're the one that sent her to me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Last time, well, one of the times you all were here, you told me about her, and she did come. Tremendous to lady. Yeah. She yeah. she came through our program. Uh huh. Okay. To our to our Chelsea House program, got on her feet, was moving forward, and really felt a call to help people. She had been a victim of domestic violence, and she felt a call to get involved in that. And then that has evolved into really, she's a sought after speaker on human trafficking now. Really. And uh, she still has. I remember a, her talking. She still about has that, a little yeah. room in our in our. And our <laughs> so she's still affiliated. Yeah. Now you've mentioned several times here. Now, you all have a, a thrift store. Yes. Is, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Over on uh, in a walk, we call the Wacoma. The Wacoma Shopping Center. Yeah. Christian <laughs> Heritage Shopping well, Center. Well, for, for the uh, us old timers, yeah. we remember it's the walk of the Wacoma. Yeah. And that's where we're movies eight. Yeah. Is that there? Well, so, well, oh, it's, it's gone now. Yeah. I haven't been there. It's going to be a rock climbing business, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you have a thrift store there. Yes. And I'm assuming it does well. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, uh, what we use the thrift store, it's a financial contributor, not a big one. Uh-huh. None, nothing's a big contributor for us, but right. uh, we don't make a lot of money doing it. But what it's really great for is that we call it work therapy. So our guys and our gals come and they they get their their social legs back again. They they interact with people okay. in a non threatening fashion. They they get you know they hang clothes or they keep the place clean or they're in our lawn crew or they're in, drive our box truck or they work with a, a crew that works out at uh, contract services we call it to various things that we can do anything that doesn't require a license to do. Uh, we're not trying to get involved in you know things that are high right, end right. or dangerous, but but we do that because. We take a guy, and he's been institutionalized for a while. He comes out. He needs to learn how to have – it's a different set of uh, life skills to be successful in prison versus the society, especially as a Christian. Sure. So, for example, and I use this one all the time with the guys when I'm trying to make this point. 
in prison, there's a very clear unspoken rule that everybody understands. There's no doubt about it. Nobody's ever missed this point. What I say, what do you? What happens if you see something going down that's wrong? And they said, I didn't see it, didn't hear it, don't know anything about it. <laughs> okay, that's the rule. Right. Or else right. you won't live very long. In right. Prison. Right. I said, now what does the Bible say you're supposed to do if you see a brother in sin? Right. Totally opposite. Yeah. I'm supposed to go to him. <laughs> Which in prison will get you killed. Right, right. But I'm supposed to go to him. Well, to, to change that mindset is not not just give an instruction. You wow. have to progressively work them through that. So when they have an experience at the store, let's say, or in the lawn crew or anywhere, and they they get upset by something, and they come in, and they first thing they want to do is come and tell me about you know what so-and-so did. And I said, well, wait, where's so-and-so? Because Uh-oh. you sh- that means right. I said, did you practice rule number seven? <laughs> Which is in our case, it says, go to your brother. Uh-huh. You know, try to reconcile with him. Right. If you can't work it out, go to an elder or whatever together, not right, individually. Right, right, right. So I we we get we're able to teach that yeah. in real time with real circumstances. If so, you do it intellectually in a, in a classroom, <laughs> they may check the box, but they didn't learn the product. Now you you mentioned you have three uh, homes now for men. Correct. Okay. Now, and you said you take everybody. Correct. But are you kind of specializing toward those just out of well out of I, by default uh-huh. we pres- uh, specialize when I when I ran the rescue mission initially. I just blindly was taking care of you know homeless people right. in my mind, and then what I discovered when I really got to know people is probably eighty plus percent of them had been incarcerated at some point. Okay, and then so I kind of started focusing. They needed a little more help. So okay, again, that makes you, sense. Yeah, the guys that didn't need as much help, I didn't get as involved with. Right, and then over time, especially when we got care Tallahassee, we were really getting involved with guys not only had criminal past primarily, but had come straight from prison. Uh-huh, okay. And so that's a different set of problems. Sure, sure. And so we kind of kept evolving into the point where there's a lot of wonderful ministries and agencies in this town that do a lot for homeless and right. invert vets and all kind of things. And we right. help any of them that need help. Well, the, the thing about the vets, and you, you just mentioned that, is that Talking to Sister Pat, who's yeah. she's also part of your network, right? Right. right. And, uh, she, and of course, she, she goes she's out. An, she's an affiliated. Okay, <laughs> but now we're talking about uh, Pat, Pat Smith. Pat, Pat Smith, Pantry for the poor. Pat's Pantry for the poor, and she's been on the show with me several times here. She goes out and finds homeless people. Yeah, she goes out where they are, out right. in the woods, underneath and, the interstage yeah, in the yeah. woods or whatever. But she she talks about the veterans. Yes. And there's a lot of veterans yes. out there, and yes. some of them have uh, PTS. Yes. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, you, you take those guys; they're not going to fit well no. in a in a home no. like what you have Correct. there. Correct. But uh, is there anybody in town that you know that's just specializing to try to do that? Primarily, Pat. Okay. Uh, she and of course she's primarily in Gaston County, but she and and there we I should say there are people that uh, are kind of do a, like I do a lot of that. Uh, I go to people that don't that can't stay with us, uh-huh. make sure they've got food and such as that. Because again, that's they can't come in. They're right. psychologically yeah. at the point where yeah. they cannot come in. Yeah. They they have to live off the grid because they can't come inside. You know, for mental reasons, emotional reasons, combination of any of those things. Well, Pat is, and there's other uh, CCYS helps young people do that. They they meet young, CCYS, CCYS uh, Capital City Youth something or other. It's an agency, not a ministry. Yeah. Boy, that's uh, I'm getting a brain. It seems like I've met. Well, are they, they off of? Uh, Roberts Road. Road, yeah, yeah, Roberts yeah. Road. Yeah, they have a yeah. they have a facility there. Correct. Yeah, that's, and their their thing is that they they're a cooling off place. Yes, yeah, they okay. let, that's yeah, where yeah. troubled youth, right, right. a youth that's in yeah. trouble, can go stay and not be in the system. Right, yet. right, right. Uh, and so there's, there, I mean, I, I tell you what I love to do, and I'll, I'll throw this out to any of your <laughs> listeners, and this is one of my favorite things to do. I do what I call the tour. 
So somebody calls me, I put them in my truck, and I drive around this community and show them the unbelievable work that's going on in this community that most people don't Absolutely. really think about. And yeah. I show, it's a, I call it yeah. the three-hour tour because <laughs> it takes that long to really drive and see all yeah. the houses and places and businesses right. and all the various people that do different well, things. you have to bring them by the, by the studio here to show, well, show yes. what we do here. This is one of the things. I drive by <laughs> here and I point over here. Uh, yeah. I said, this is a man who gets the word out yeah. about what's going on. That's right. That's and, uh, and, of course, Scott Beagle at the radio station. Uh, sure. Uh, and uh, various people. Yeah. Uh, uh, Doug Apple. Yeah. Uh, those are people, and again, part of the network for right. me. Yeah. The thing about it, I, I refer to myself, I'm, I'm just the messenger here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I get to hear the stories. Yeah. And the, the good thing about me and this job is that I love hearing the stories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and of course, anytime that I can network to tell somebody else, because I'm like you in a lot of ways, I know people. And they know other people, and then but they don't always know each other. Correct. And so we can help Correct. connect them together. So Correct. a lot of times when I have people here, yeah. then I tell them about this person over yeah. here. Now, whether they follow up on it or yeah. not, maybe they do, yeah. maybe they don't. Yeah. But, but you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It, most people have no clue yeah. of, of all the, what I call, yeah. parachurch yeah. Yeah. ministries, yeah. people who are who are doing all kinds of things. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of them, they're, they're funding it out of their own pockets. Yeah. In and, fact, most of them are. Uh, because... <laughs> Nobody yeah. has. They're not going to give you any money. Yeah. Uh, where are you going to get the money at? Uh, I I spoke to a young lady today, a new friend. I just met her today, and she's with a, an agency here in town called Ready for Work. Okay. It's a great. It's a very successful. I mean, Vice President Pence has spoken at there and spoke about really? them. Oh yeah, these are. This is national. Well, and you, you can hook me up. Oh right? yes. Uh, <laughs> I just met her today. She'll okay. be over here. She'll be here within a month. Or All right. There you go. And a wonderful lady from Nigeria, in fact. Huh. Born in Nigeria. Right. Uh, and I was telling her the stories about the community and she's already working for a company that works i mean agency that's doing incredible so they're they're partnered they've been partnered with bethel baptist okay uh, now they're going to be i think they're going to do their as of january i think they're coming in full force with their whole statewide team and all that but i spoke to this young lady for a couple hours and i was sharing some of the things we're talking about about the various this and that and she's trying to do this because their piece of the puzzle is helping people become employed uh-huh. and so here's something that very few people would know this if you're coming out of prison and certain level of felonies, you you sign up for ready for work, and you are now you have now got a, a contracted agency that's going to invest ten thousand dollars into you. Whoa! Oh, and a year, and that's everything from housing, legal services, medical services, tools, equipment, um, any kind of help you might need. It's just all of a sudden you 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 found your rich uncle. <laughs> and he's dedicated ten thousand dollars towards your year wow. this next year. So the ten thousand dollars would be not all, not necessarily in cash, no. but, but in kind. In, in fact, no, they would yeah. they would be paying real money. Oh, really? For real services? Really? If you you need to move into a place, uh-huh. they'll pay you first and last. They'll pay your rent for three months. Wow! Wow! Uh, so so that, where are they getting their funding from? They now they get their money from the government and you know, uh, okay. uh, the current uh, administration is putting pouring billions okay, so of this dollars. Is, this is a government program. Yes. Okay. It, it's not it's not supervised by the government, but it's funded by the government. Okay. And okay. other, but local, state, federal. Right. I mean, they're they're good at raising money. Now, this young lady, her is her background, and I mean, she. Where, where did she learn, or where did she get her compassion I, from? I talked for two hours. She talked for ten minutes. So I don't really know much about what she, where she comes from, other than I saw God uh, sparking in her. And okay. She told me at the end of the conversation. She's a very polished, very professional woman, uh, and she was telling me what you know. She's trying to hear the network and do a better job of doing what their agency does. But she wanted to know 
who we are and what we do and why we do it. Uh-huh. And you know how that leads when right. you're talking to me. And so at the end of that conversation, <laughs> I told her a couple, you know, well, a few dozen stories right. and this and whatever. At the end of the conversation, when we were saying goodbye, all of a sudden she let the professional uh, window shade come down and she said, I need to tell you something. She goes, I told you I was born in Nigeria. I had an incredibly horrible life uh, child, childhood. Don't even know yet what that was. And she said, but uh, she said, at one point, I just decided I, I would kill myself as huh. a child. Wow. She said, I was laying there on my deathbed. I'd already administered what was going to kill me. And I was, I had a, what she said, the only thing I could describe is you hear people talk about an outer body experience. She said, I literally was, could see my body as I'm leaving. And I heard a voice. She had no religious background. She said, I heard a voice that said, I'm sending you back. I have a plan for you. And it's wow. a good plan. Wow. And so in our conversation, the reason, and she starts tearing up at this point. She said, in our conversation today, because I always say this, at some point early in the conversation, I had told her that one of the things I tell the guys is, your crime or your mistakes or what you did, they don't define who you are. Uh-huh. God defines who you are. And right. God says you're wow. his most wonderful creation. And he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, and they're for good and not for evil. Wow. And so <laughs> she said, when I said that, she goes, of course, she's a Christian now. Right. She's read all this. But she said, when you said that today, it's as almost as if I heard that same voice that I heard when I was a little girl. Wow. Wow. Now, that, she says, so, so I'm hooked. We're going to. But now she's with a state or government agency. It's an independent now. company. But how do they find you? Just, just heard of you? We're, yes. And so she just comes to investigate. Correct. What Teach, do you do? Yeah. Teach me. Show, yeah. show me what, what show do you me do. You. Yeah. What piece are you? Yeah. 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 And that's good because I have people sometimes that they tell me that. They, they want to find out. Uh, I had the one of the directors of Echo. Yeah, they've they've had yes. several of us come through there, and she came sit down with me. She said the same thing. She said, "Well, I want to find out where we came from." And of course, I yeah. remember Tony yeah. Tran yeah. when she went around to all the churches yeah. to meet yeah. the pastors yeah. and start Echo. And I said, "Well, let me just tell you about that." Yeah. She said, "Well, that's valuable information yeah. Yeah. because a lot of times." Uh, in a ministry like she's talking about, she wants to find exactly what is our focus yes. and how can we yes. help and not reinvent the wheel. Yeah. In other words, yeah. if, if somebody else yes. is doing this well, there's no sense of me doing the same no. thing. No. There's, there's other things that has to be done. That's right. So that's it. Radio audience, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here this morning. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. And uh, Brother Glenn Burns and I, when we get together, we just talk. I, this, this is one guest I never have to prompt. <laughs> anyway, it's just good to have you along here this morning. Um, this is WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. But from 7 to 8 on Sunday mornings, they allow me to come and present the gospel through talk. And, of course, I'm also a lover of Southern gospel music. And I do a Southern gospel music show. I'll tell you about that later. But this is the... Skyline Boys, he still parts the Red Sea for me. The children of Israel at the banks of the Red Sea, they had no way to cross Pharaoh's army. God parted the water, let them walk on dry ground. That same God of history is the same God here and now. He still parts the Red Sea for me He walks in the fire like he did with the Hebrew Three He still tames the lions, knocks the giants off of their feet He still parts the Red Sea for me Through my fiery trials, he 
has been right by my side He has delivered me from the lion's appetite The giants in my life, he has knocked them down He's parted troubled water, let me walk on dry ground He still parts the Red Sea for me he walks in the fire like he did with the Hebrew three. He still tames the lion, knocks the giants off of their feet. He still parts the Red Sea for me. He still parts the Red Sea for me. He walks in the fire like he did with the Hebrew three. He still tames the lion, knocks the giants off of their feet. He still parts the Red Sea for me. He still parts the Red Sea. He still parts the Red Sea. He still parts the Red Sea. He still parts the Red Sea for me. He walks in the fire like he did with the Hebrew three. He still tames the lions, knocks the giants off of their feet. He still parts the Red Sea for me. He still parts the Red Sea for me. He still parts the Red Sea. Skyline boys, he still parts the Red Sea for me. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I am Pastor Jack King. I'm just happy to be with you on a Sunday morning here, getting ready to go to church this morning. I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We're at 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We are in the Crescent Park Plaza Storefront Church. Well, we love the Lord and we love having visitors. 11.05 we start this morning, and you can check us out on the web, frcm.us. If you're heading down to Capitol Circle toward Park Avenue, look for us on the right-hand side, the between Easterwood and Park Avenue. You'll see our signs we put out on Sunday mornings. Also, just to let you know that we do podcast these shows. We put them on the podcast. This is show number 944. If you want to listen to it again, give it about a week. Brother Doug Apple does that for me, and so it takes him a little while to get it all set up for you. Also, I mentioned the Southern Gospel Music Show. is called the Saturday Night Gospel Sing with me, Pastor Jack King. Starts at 7 o'clock on Saturday nights on 94.1 on your radio dial. And uh, like I say, I play the very, very best in Southern gospel music. It may not be the most modern, but <laughs> it'll be good. <laughs> and also the daily broadcast. You can tune in Monday through Friday on 94.1 for the gospel on the radio broadcast. It's a five-minute teaching. I do that every day, uh, Monday through Friday. And also on Praise Radio. It goes all over the world. And so thank God for that opportunity. Let me just mention my good friends, Robin and Jim, AAA Constant Comfort. They do heating and air conditioning. They've been helping me do this show since I started back in 2002. And I appreciate them, 893-9566. Brother Glenn Burns, Good Samaritan Network, Chelsea's House, and uh, Care Ministry, Tallahassee. <laughs> and, uh, get him going the list of all the different ministries that they are involved in in the Good Samaritan Network. And they just... 
I think if nothing else, and I don't mean to take anything away from it, but you are you have the gift of encouragement. In mm-hmm. other words, you you are one of those people that says, "Hey, you could do this," mm-hmm. and that's important mm-hmm. because some people sometimes can't see it that way. Yeah, because nothing is ever quite the way you imagine it. Right. <laughs> because right. God's got His own plan. I, that's right. I, boy, do I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing about it. I say this in, in, in the book that I wrote, and also I say this all the time. I said, you have to step out. Mm-hmm. And you may not know exactly all about it in the beginning, mm-hmm. but when you step out, God begins to lead and, and guide, and, and he'll give you instructions. He'll mm-hmm. teach you, right. and you'll right. get better at it That's as you right. go. Well, <laughs> so, if you knew everything about it before we began, first off, you probably wouldn't begin. Uh-huh. And secondly, that couldn't be from God. Uh-huh. If you knew it all, then no, 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 because God is yeah. a God of faith. That's right, and that would not be faith. No, I mean, if you no. if you knew where it all was no. going to happen, no, no, that wouldn't be faith. And of course, faith is very much involved in the unknown. Right. Well, and I shared this with you before, but uh, back in '99, when God really clearly called me to do, and I didn't know what it was at the time. Uh, this is before I went to work at the rescue mission, um, I just got I got scared to death. And I said, but I knew that God, and he, it, I can't even describe it. There was a peace, and along with the trepidation, uh, there, was, uh, there was a sense that this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. It was exhilarating, right. but it was scary. Right. Uh, in fact, I shared this with you before when I told, I, you know, sitting there in church, and I got this real clear call from God, and I started telling God why I couldn't do it. You know, whatever it is, I couldn't do it because I couldn't afford a pay cut. <laughs> I'm not trained. I'm not right. educated. Right. This, that. And then the next day, I went in, and God just kept saying, are you coming? Right. So the next, I finally said, Okay. And so the next day, I went into my wife's door, where we'd worked together for many years at that point. And I walked in, shut her door. I said, I need to talk to you about something. She goes, uh, she started crying. I said, well, it's nothing bad. She goes, I know what it is. I said, what do you think it is? She said, you're supposed to be in full-time ministry. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah. She said, but honey, we can't afford the pay cut. You're not trained. You're not right. educated. And I said, I told God all that. He said, don't worry about it. Right. She said, he didn't tell me not to worry about it. And I said, well, he obviously won't move me until he until he takes care of you. Is that one of those deals where you say, you worry about it today and I'll worry about it tomorrow? <laughs> No, I was going to worry about it. She was going to worry about it every day because I don't worry about anything. Right. Well, I, I wish I could say that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do find myself sometimes uh, allowing my mind to wander. Yeah. You know, how in the yeah. world is this going to happen? Yeah. But uh, God's faithful. Yes. And, and he is. I mean, he's, he knows what I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, and, of course, with me, a lot of times, it's, it's – uh, not just saying, well, this is what I do and, and getting it funded and all that sort of thing, but it's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you say, well, is that a burden in my heart to do this or is this just me? Because right. uh, I don't want to get ahead of God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's that's my greatest prayer. Yeah. Yeah. I never want to get a hold of God. I say, or get ahead of God. I want to say, Lord, okay, I want to be right in the center of your will. Mm-hmm. Please make mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. very, very plain. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have... Oh, it's been part of the way God wired me. And he wires us for what he's got us to do. Sure. And so I'm wired different than a lot of people. And uh, and and that's okay. I mean, I for a long time I didn't think it was okay because, you know, you get criticized in one thing or another. <laughs> but uh, going back to funding, that comes up all the time. And people, I always know when somebody comes to me, and this is normally right off the bat, the first conversation, they say, how did you get your funding? Uh-huh. I said, you don't need to do what you're about to do. <laughs> it's, it's, it, trust me, you don't need to do that. No, explain that. Because if funding, although it's a reasonable human right, right. response, if you're worried about the funding, you're not going to be focused on the ministry. Uh-huh. You're going to be you're going to be focused on the funding. And I know a right. lot of wonderful ministries that they they're really good at at funding. Right. But and, and not saying they don't get things done. But as I mentioned before, we went on the air. The enemy 
will give you good and godly things to do, will facilitate you doing good and godly things to do that God didn't give you to do. Uh-huh. Because he doesn't want you to do what God's given you to do. Uh-huh. And, but- and so funding, to get funding, I've seen people get all kind of funding and be involved for many, many, many years in something that wasn't what God called them to do. I know, without a shadow of doubt, I've been doing this 20 years now, from that Wednesday night when God clearly called me into this, and then within a couple of weeks when he revealed to me that he affirmed what it, what it right, was, right. from that point, from that moment forward, especially that moment when he revealed it to me at their rescue mission, uh, my world changed. Now, since then, it wasn't like life was a piece of cake. Uh-huh. I've never had enough funding. Well, let me rephrase <laughs> that. I've never had what I wanted, right, but I've right, always had right. what I needed. Right. And, yeah. and more importantly, I've gone through all the crises that can happen in life. I lost a wife a year later to cancer. Uh, I had children that go through the things that kids go through as, as, as children and then as young adults. Um, I've had friends die in my arms. I've had, I've had drug addicts that uh, had recovery and did great for five years and then went back and killed themselves doing drugs. I mean, I've, seen, I've been in prison and seen people that made one horrific mistake that changed their entire life. Right. I've, seen, I've had mothers. I can't tell you the number of mothers that have called me about their son who's now in prison because one thing or another, and one guy comes to my mind, uh, uh, a good kid that uh, wasn't drinking. He was the designated driver. Oh, and he ended up after dropping everybody off on a St. Patrick's Day a few years ago. He dropped off all the people. His last drunk buddy was in his car with him, uh, just to shut the guy up. The guy kept saying he wanted him to smoke a little bit of this uh, synthetic marijuana. They they call it spice. And uh, he was driving along. And he said the only reason he went ahead and hit is to shut the guy up, and because he had tried it before and it didn't have any effect on him. What he didn't realize they change the formula all the time. That's how they stay ahead of the law. And sell it, uh, in, and sell it. In. Oh, no. So this particular formula took him out, and he hit the back of a car. This everybody in Tallahassee remembers this when I tell the story. He hit the back of a car. He was on Tennessee. He was on Monroe Street. He came up to the intersection of Tennessee and Monroe. There was a, a Jeep Wagoneer sitting there with a mother and a father, their little nine-year-old boy and their little nine-year-old boy, nine-year-old friend. He hit the back of that car at seventy miles an hour, killed the mother and the two boys, and the oh, father wow. was, of course, seriously hurt. And uh, and he's in prison doing 30 years. Wow. Only The only crime, if you will, that that young man ever committed. Yeah. And by the way. One bad mistake. One bad right. mistake. And I mean a bad mistake. Yeah. And he sat in the Leon County Jail pending his trial for many, many months. And I remember meeting. Somebody had referred me to him. Uh-huh. And I went to see him. He didn't know me from anything. I got to meet him in the attorney booth, which is a private, you know, uh, just with the pastor and a glass right. between us. Right. We've been there. <laughs> Talked to him. <laughs> Uh, and he, he just had this horrible look in his face. I don't know the kid from anything. And early on, he said, you know who I am? And I said, I know your name. He said, you know what I did? I said, I really don't. You want to know my story? And I said, only if you want to tell it. Uh-huh. And he poured his story out. And he said, and I, the only regret I have in life is I, I just, every day I wake up wishing it could have been me, that I'd have died, not uh-huh. those kids and that lady. And then he, I met with him for several months, and he kept telling that story. He always finished with that. And then one day I... I uh, I talked to him about what is salvation. He had a he had a different religious background. I shared with him about what is what is true salvation and what's that look like and led him to the Lord. And then he he still intermittently I'd go see him every week and he, intermittently he'd always get back to that brokenhearted story. And finally he said the same thing one too many times to me when he said, "I just wish it had been me." And I said, "Son, I want you to." I said, "When did you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior?" And he said, "You know, two months ago you were here." I said, "Okay." Wow. So, I said, "So wow. so let's go back to that night." Yeah. And by the way, to our knowledge, the mother was saved and both of those little boys had been baptized. So I said, so back to that night, 
if you had not killed them. Right. If you did die, where would you be right now? Right. You'd be in hell. I said, so let me tell you something. On the, on the, based on the word of God and based on my confidence in, in what the Bible teaches, there's a woman and those two little boys are in heaven right now. And if to the degree that they can cheer you on, they are cheering you on. Because they love right. you with the heart of Christ. Yeah, but that's a great point that you're making, though. Because only God knows. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the thing about it is, as you go through life, you, a lot of the times you say, "Well, God, why did you let yeah. that be that way?" Yeah. No, yeah. We're, we're not to question that. Yeah. That's no. just say, "Lord, just yeah. show me yeah. what I'm to learn." Is as, as painful this. as it yeah. was for that the husband, especially yeah. to lose his wife and those boys. Oh my goodness! As painful, as unbelievably painful as that was, in the scheme of things. When, when all of history is written, those little boys and that woman are cheering him on and they'll throw their arms around him when they yeah. see him in heaven. Right. And, wow. he, and, I, and, and God loves you so much that he would allow us to suffer, the community and their family to suffer, this temporary suffering just to, just to bring you into his kingdom. But do you think about this, uh, as you said, the one bad mistake that this young man made? Yeah. And this, this is the thing that, that I say a lot of times because my, one of my passions is working with young people. Mm-hmm. I said, if only... I could get through to a young person's mind mm. and his head. Yeah. Don't make that mistake. Yeah. And boy, I tell you what, because it's as wonderful as the recovery ministries are. Yeah, man, prevention would have been better yeah, if we could <laughs> just just get through to give your heart to Christ. Don't allow yourself to go that way. Mm-hmm. Because that's just, the tragedy is that, it, is that all those other guys that had been with him in that car, yeah. they got home safe and yeah. sound, and their lives were going on. This yeah. life is forever changed. Yes. And, uh, and one of the things, when I was growing up as a young man, little community back in Kentucky, this kid that I, I went to, ch- actually, we didn't go to the same church, but I'd see him at vacation Bible school. We actually lived in two different counties, but we were right in a corner, mm-hmm. the three counties right there where we grew up. And the same thing. He was out with a bunch of boys. He never drank, never did any of that type of stuff mm-hmm. except that one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was one that was killed. Yeah. I always tell people, yeah. especially in addiction issues, life is not a Disneyland ride. There's no guardrails. You could have one beer yeah. and get in the car or get in the car with somebody right. having a beer right. and change your life forever or end your life or end somebody else's life right. like in the case of right. this young man. There's no guarantees. Yeah. Uh, you know, People say, well, they have to hit rock bottom. You can die on the way to rock no. bottom. No. And other people can die on the way to rock bottom. Right. So you're right. The only thing, uh, though, I mean, I, I'm never jealous of anybody else's ministry, but the one that I, I have a passion for that I have zero input in, really, is preventative ministries for young mm-hmm. people. Right. That's right. that's that's the one thing. If, if we did that better, I'd have less to do. Well, that's where your, your youth pastors yes. and, uh, of course, yes. pastors, too. I yeah. mean, we all have that influence. Sunday school teachers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you, you, you look back in your life and my life yeah. and how there were those people yeah. who had tremendous yeah. influence in yeah. my yeah. life. Yes. One, one of the, the great influencers in my life were the young pastors who'd come to our youth camp. Mm. <laughs> I thought those were some of the coolest yeah. guys. Yeah. You know? yeah. And they infected my life. Or affected, yeah. not infected. Yeah. They affected my life in a tremendous way. And I said, I'm, one of the reasons why I'm yeah. in the ministry today yeah. is because of the influence yeah. that those guys had in my life yeah. that kept me from doing a lot yeah. of stupid things yeah. that, well, I, I'm just glad I didn't because yeah. cause they had that influence in their lives. So that's why, you know, a lot of times, let me get on my little stump here, youth ministries and church and stuff, are, they're kind of like the second tier. Mm. But uh, 
I tell you what, if we can reach them young, yeah. the children's ministries, yeah. oh my goodness. See, I'm thinking about back at the Sunrise Christian Church down in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> the ladies that come teach Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tremendous influence yeah. in our lives. Yeah. So, yeah, but you know, it's, so it's, you see the gamut. You got, you got those who are working, trying to prevent, trying to tell young people, don't make stupid mistakes. Mm-hmm. Give your heart to Christ early, and then you've got them on the other end where you are in a lot of ways to try to say, well, let's see if we can clean up the mess. But, boy, would it be great if we didn't have to have the mess. One day. One day. (laughs) But, see, again, I'm I'm looking at the the, the totality of society. And I, and I ask this question a lot of times when, when I meet people and they're talking about their church. I say, Mm -hmm. well, if I I were to come to your church Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. and I walked in and looked at the congregation, what am I going to see? And how I hear this most of well, most people are gray headed. Yeah. Uh, we're the young people. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah. And uh, now I know that there are some churches that are doing very, very yeah. well reaching yeah. the youth, and I thank God for them. Yeah. But again, we have to look at this. It's okay, what's happening here? You're talking about the retention rate mm-hmm. earlier, recidivism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. How are we doing in the church? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, these young people that are growing up in our pews, yeah. Yeah. where are they at today? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it, to me, it just raises a lot of questions yeah. That, yeah. that are very much a part of my, my, my mind. But uh, you're talking about getting funding for things. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to get funding for youth ministry yeah. if, you're, I mean, if you're not necessarily a church. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been doing a youth camp. That's been my seventh, seventh year. This year will be my eighth. Mm-hmm. And I've asked myself, I said, am I, I going to do this again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and I, I might tell myself no, but I know that I will. Yeah. And I'm going to be saying, okay, how are we going to fund this yeah, thing? Yeah. And then, you know, you put that out to people and they go, what? It's, it's, it's a hard one for people to grab a hold mm-hmm. of, especially if you've never been to a youth camp. Right. <laughs> but right. see, I'm a product of right. it. See. So anyway, uh, I, I'm, I'm just kind of thankful for people who have a heart and passion for ministry. Yeah. And I'm always amazed yeah. because, like, now, you, you, you reach people who, uh, like, Come out of jail. Mm-hmm. You love those people, mm-hmm. and, I've, and I've heard you talk before yeah. about the, uh, being down there to Haven Rest and having some old drunk guy yeah. just wallowing all over you. And you just yeah. say, "Well, this this is what I do." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now, do you go to the jail? I mean, are you involved in that type of ministry? Uh, not not so much in the local you jail. More, more imprisoned. Yeah. Um, not so much jail, but prison. Okay. Um, and the distinction is, is if you commit a crime and you're going to spend less than a year, then you're in jail. Or if you're waiting a trial or something, you're going to be in jail. Uh, but if you if you get convicted of a felony and you're going to spend more than a year, then you go to a prison. Okay. Um, and so you go those. I places. go to I go to local prisons uh, okay. and work with them, teach classes and such. Oh, and, you do. Yeah. And as I mentioned to the young lady today, I mean, I've had Bible studies and you know, experiencing God and you know, purpose driven life and all the various materials. I'm not really, and I'm not being falsely humble here. Anybody that's ever said under me will tell you I'm not a very good teacher because as far as a structured, you know instructor type yeah. of teacher because I can't keep a thought. You know, I'm, I'm just running all the time. My, my wife says, well, you've completed a sentence so that we can stay with you. And, uh, but, well, you seem to have done real well here tonight. Well, what, but the, well, what they know is I'm there every week. Uh-huh. Right. And whether I'm a great teacher or not, I'm a, I'm a their teacher. Uh-huh. And so they know that I love them. And, I, and I, in my case, I didn't go to youth group when I was young. I, didn't, I wasn't church much when I was young, a little bit, but not much. I wasn't even a Christian. I was just going to youth group because there were girls there. And uh, I thought I was a Christian, by the way. Got uh, baptized. Huh. Uh, would have called myself a Christian. Did call myself a Christian all the way up to 35 years old when right? I realized I wasn't a Christian. Huh. 
and got saved. And in those intervening years, I made a lot of mistakes, did a lot of things. You know, I wasn't a, a, a caught criminal. Uh, I wouldn't say I never did any crime. I just never was caught. Uh, drove, drove drunk, drunk. I mean, did things that could have put you in prison, could have killed somebody. Um, so, and I think the, the reason the grace of God. I think <laughs> the reason why God allowed me to go through all that is because when I go look at a guy and talk to him, and I tell him the difference between me and you is you got caught. Uh-huh. Wow. He, he knows I'm sincere. I don't have any judgmentalism in me at all uh-huh. because I know me. And in fact, I, my my absolute blows me away on a regular basis. When I when God will do another incredible, I get to see another incredible thing that God lets me be a part of, and I think wow. I can't believe God uses me right to do that. Well, I, I would yeah. say the same thing about me. <laughs> and so because of that, these guys that I work with, uh, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful godly men that they wouldn't relate to at all, huh. and that, and quite frankly, wouldn't be there because that's just not their ministry. Well, I love them. That's when I discovered on that first, the first encounter I had at the rescue mission, when I encountered the first guy, and I shared that before, my expertise there was I had 30 minutes more information than he did. <laughs> I got there. I read the signs. They opened it for, they serve over here. And this guy walks up and says, do you work here? And I said, no. And I said, what do you need? He goes, I need a place to stay. And I said, well, they open it for, the feet over there. And I watched this guy's countenance change and his body language change. And he had 30 minutes to wait. And, and which wasn't like me at the time, right. I said, I sat down, I had nothing else to say. I said, well, do you know the Lord? Huh. And he goes, you know, sir, I don't know what I know. And I said, you know what? I was in those exact shoes when I was 35 years old. And I shared the gospel with him and my testimony with him. And he got saved that day. And I went, wow. Wow. I know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I didn't need a, th- uh, a doctrinal degree. Right, right. I didn't need any training. Right. I just needed my story. But what God was God fixing, God. It, he was fixing to give you the training. Oh, he, and, and, it's, and it's been intense. That's cool. A hard doc. It's been 20 years worth. Now, Brother Glenn, we've got just a couple minutes here to go, and we have not even mentioned anything about if people want to get in touch with you yeah. or the ministry, how do they do that? Love to talk to anybody. Uh, my phone number is the best way. It's my cell, same one I've had for the last 30 years, I think. But uh, it's 850 850- Five five six five two zero two. If you call that cell number or text me on that number, um, I I'm pretty available. I'm I'm technically retired. I I don't have any set hours. I'm just I just go down there to the ministry and okay. and uh, and find people to work with. And if somebody says somebody walks into my office because we got a great team that takes care of all the day to day. Somebody walks in my office and unannounced and. And I could talk to them for the next two hours about their life or whatever. And sh- and again, I love to show them in the ministry. We're actually in the, as you mentioned, the old yeah. Walkman Shopping yeah. When Center. you say the ministry, you're talking about down at the thrift store. So you have offices down there too. Correct. My yeah. office is actually in the Good Samaritan thrift store. Okay. And in fact, on the sign at the Good Samaritan thrift store, right next door to Christian Heritage Church and, and right around the corner from the old uh, Movies 8 and the food stamp store in Chuck E. Cheese. Were right Allen, Allen Road, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's Share Road. Share Road, yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you and we're in that suite, uh, it says Good Samaritan Thrift Store, and then it says Good Samaritan Chapel and Community Center. Okay, and that's actually so. If somebody had a need of some sort, they just go by there. Yeah, and talk to yeah. you, you or, or your wife, or, or call some, me, some of the team, uh, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, we we have, like I said, we have one of the largest food distribution uh, pantries in the community. Yeah. We have closed closets. And, and as far as Chelsea's house, uh, that's a, that's kept a little bit more secret yeah. because of the security. Correct. But if somebody had that type of need, just come by there. Or yeah, call. It, it all starts at our offices and or by calling me. Okay. And then I can direct them to the right party that right, takes right. care of that. Yeah. And, and again, whether it's our ministry or not, right? They might have a need that isn't our ministry. Okay. But if they have a need in this community, there's a there's a service. It's a nationwide service called two one one, 
and you could call 211 from any phone and just like 911 or 411 but 211 is a is a listing of social services and agencies anything in town in any community and uh well I'm the I'm the 211 only it's uh, that phone number I gave you uh <laughs> Because I'll talk to you personally. And if somebody wanders into your store and, and their need is they need to be able to communicate their ministry, then you know, yeah. call me. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm your go-to guy. I refer people here all the time. <laughs> all those people we just mentioned. There you go. But I tell you what, it's always good to have Brother Glenn Burns on the show with us. We always have a good time and a good conversation. I hope that you've enjoyed it here this morning here on the Gospel on the Radio talk show. It's every Sunday morning. Tune in. We always have good guests. And if not good guests, and you got me in, and usually when it's just me, you get a lot of more Southern gospel music. But we always close the broadcast out with prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the Good Samaritan Network, uh, Brother Glenn, his wife Beth, and the work that they do. And Father, I do pray for them. I pray, God, that you'd bless them. Father, we pray over our city. And Lord, yes. we pray for our churches and our pastors, Father God. Let there be a great anointing from our pulpits today. And Father, we pray for America. We pray for our country, oh God. We pray for your kingdom. And Lord, we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and Israel. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Brother Glenn, it's been great to have you on the show. Good seeing you again, brother. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you. Amen.